Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I am your host, Karen Curtis. And I have stumbled on to another cold case that has just been solved. And in this case, this cold case is so cold that the suspect is dead. There are some other turns to this case that really has uh, shocked us all to our core, that being the identification of a former deputy as the probable suspect in this murder. So that's St. Lucie County Sheriff Ken Mascara on the 1983 cold case that just got solved. So you hear him say identification of the suspect, not arrest. That's because he's dead. He died in 2008. Approximately 2% of all cold cases in the United States ever get solved. And Port St. Lucie County cold case detective Paul Taylor does this day in and day out. And he finally got lucky. He says the day he solved this case was both the worst and best day of his 30-year career in law enforcement. He says nobody dislikes a bad cop more than a good cop. And he said it felt bittersweet to finally provide the victim's family with some long-awaited answers. And by the way, Detective Taylor also lost a child, so he knows what the family's going through. The first thing they told me was we're glad it wasn't somebody that we actually knew. Based on information obtained during the investigation, detectives named former Deputy James Howard Harrison as the only probable suspect in this case. The sheriff's office unable to pursue charges against him, as I said, because he died in 2008. I wish it would have been somebody else. I wish it would have been some, you know, dirtbag that does this all the time. So what happened? In 1983, 11-year-old Laura Ann Weiser disappeared while walking home from a gas station. Her body was found in a nearby drainage ditch three days later, just 600 yards from where she was last seen. Now, detectives said that Harrison was the only probable suspect. He was the deputy at the scene at the time. They believe he kidnapped, raped, and killed her. They said original witness reports saw Harrison watching the girl as she walked home from the gas station around the time of her disappearance. They also said Harrison told two witnesses to leave the crime scene 20 minutes before more law enforcement officers arrived to assist. That's not strange or anything. Now, since his death, law enforcement has established probable cause to determine that it was Harrison who abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered the little girl, and that he later altered the crime scene by placing the victim in the drainage ditch in an attempt to destroy physical evidence. Really didn't do a good search because, I mean, she's, she's right there. Yeah. November 6th, 1983, according to original witness reports, the uniformed patrol deputy later confirmed to be Harrison observed Weiser walking toward her home from the local gas station around the time of her disappearance. Then November 9th, 1983, deputies recovered Weiser's body from the drainage ditch. Both locations were within the boundaries of Harrison's assigned zone near Midway Road and Shin Road in western St. Lucie County. That's north of West Palm Beach Palm Beach County. It goes Palm Beach County, Martin County, then St. Lucie County. Detectives originally assigned to the case were unable to link Harrison to the crime or identify any viable suspects at the time. There was missteps. There's no doubt about that. We don't do a homicide investigation in 2022 like they did in 1983. I would say no, they did not. Because first of all, It took them three days to find her body, which was 600 yards away from the gas station and her home. And then 
you have these witnesses that said the last person to see her was this deputy who they, by the way, had complaints about. I'll get into that in a moment. So in 2021, analysts at a private DNA lab recovered unknown male DNA from the victim sexual assault kit. So, you know, back then they didn't have DNA in 1983, didn't really become part of law enforcement and part of our criminal justice system until late 80s, early 90s. In response to that new evidence, the cold case detectives obtained a search warrant to exhume Harrison's body, but a comparison of the DNA sample to his DNA was not possible due to the DNA's degradation. I'm assuming it's the degradation of his body and not the sample because they probably ran the sample through the combined DNA index system or CODIS and didn't get a hit, so they tried the body. Well, cold case detectives also learned the location and position of the victim's body once initial crime scene investigators and detectives arrived on the scene differed from the initial witness accounts. So what the witnesses who were told to go away and come back said in their statements differed wildly from what the actual scene showed because her body had been moved. Harrison had instructed two witnesses back on that date when the body was found to leave the scene. He was a cop. He was another deputy. When we got there, he said, hey, they found this girl, um, brought me to her, and they left. And that was it. And get this, Harrison worked for 10 separate law enforcement agencies in Florida since the 1960s. And during that time, he exhibited a pattern of inappropriate behavior involving juvenile females. And this pattern led detectives to believe that Harrison may be responsible for other sexual assault cases around the state. And now the current Port St. Lucie Sheriff, Ken Mascara, is admitting that he worked with Deputy Harrison and reported his concerns about Harrison to his superiors at the time. Another twist to this case, this former deputy, James Harrison, I worked with in the late 70s and early 80s. He actually was a zone partner of mine when I was on the road. And I want to guess it was somewhere around 79 or 80, I had made a complaint to my supervisors that I thought this deputy was having inappropriate relationships with young adults. Not sexual, not anything like that, but his interactions with young adults I thought was inappropriate. My concerns went up the food chain here at the Sheriff's Office at the time, and my supervisor told me because he was a preacher that he was spiritually mentoring children at risk and teenagers at risk. As I look back, in my mind, I wonder if he was using his authority as a deputy sheriff and his standing as a preacher in the community to go ahead and violate children during the entire course of his life. That's what predators do. They insinuate themselves into situations where they encounter people who are easy prey. In addition to being a deputy, Harrison was a pastor at Bethel Baptist Church in Fort Pierce. And that's where he mentored at-risk children. Convenient. Now, Sheriff Mascara says that Harrison resigned from the St. Lucie County Sheriff's Office in 1984, a year after the rape and murder of little Laura Ann Weiser. There were apparently some accusations made against him at the church about some inappropriate behavior he was having with young female parishioners. Now, this whole case would not have been solved were it not for Detective Taylor, who smelled a rat. He noticed nobody doubled back after witness stories didn't match crime scene photos. And the only way that could happen is if somebody, like a cop, altered the crime scene. 
Now, investigators say Harrison was the last person to see Laura alive, having reported seeing her walking on the street. In addition, they say Harrison was also the only deputy to arrive on the scene when Laura's body was found. Investigators say Harrison instructed two people who found the body to leave. And then after that, no detective ever spoke to those witnesses until cold case detective Taylor picked up the case two years ago. The witnesses told a different story than what Harrison had said in 1983, and police now believe Harrison moved Laura's body in an attempt to destroy physical evidence. That's when Taylor started to suspect Harrison as the killer. Now, the Weiser family said that they'd love to talk to Harrison, but he's dead. And they'd also love to question the detectives who originally investigated the case in 1983, as would I. And the family believes that from their perspective, things were purposefully overlooked and not done. And there are humongous gaps in the investigation, according to the family. Now, Detective Taylor agrees that Harrison worked for 10 different law enforcement agencies in Florida, and he believes Harrison used his uniform and the pulpit to prey on young girls. In addition, Detective Taylor says police departments around the state are checking their own cold cases because they believe there are other victims. It's hard to get away with something like this and stop raping and murdering young girls. Anyone with information regarding this guy, this scumbag, James Howard Harrison, and his possible involvement in any case is asked to call the St. Lucie County Criminal Investigation Division at 772-462-3230. I want to shift gears to a really cool story out of the United Kingdom, but it could have application to domestic violence cases here in Florida. Apparently... For the first time, a suspect has been convicted and jailed for domestic abuse after being sprayed with smart water. It's a forensic liquid which shows up under ultraviolet light, and the technology is being ballyhooed by police in hopes of keeping women safe. The substance stays on the skin of the suspect for up to six weeks and on clothing for much longer and categorically links that perpetrator to the specific batch of water that was sprayed. So this victim in West Yorkshire is one of over 200 women across England who've had the forensic deterrent packages in their homes. And the package includes a handheld canister for spraying, a gel for door handles and gates, so if the suspect touches them, he'll have this product on his hand, and the automatic trap that sprays the liquid if someone approaches the house. It forensically marks the person so they can be tracked back to the location. They know who the perpetrator is and they know who the victim is because of this spray. It's really cool. Here's how it works. When activated, intruders are sprayed with a non-hazardous water-based solution containing a unique forensic code. This code creates an irrefutable link between the criminal and the crime scene. The solution is invisible under natural light but glows a characteristic bright yellow color under ultraviolet black light. The spray will dry on skin and clothes in a similar fashion to water, though exact drying times will depend on the prevailing environmental conditions. When a suspect is arrested shortly after an activation, care must be taken to avoid any possible cross-contamination as their clothing may still be wet. Suspects should therefore be transported following normal police procedures for blood, fiber or rape evidence. Once dry, smart water is not transferable. It is removable from skin by natural exfoliation and is extremely difficult clothing. A smart water activation results in a characteristic spray pattern which can counter any claims of cross-contamination. 
A suspect who has been directly exposed to the spray will show a clear droplet pattern indicating primary contact, whereas secondary contact will show up as smudges and smears of fluorescence on the suspect. For more information, you can visit www.smartwatercsi.com. But it's basically like the dye packs that they put in money bags. When someone goes in to rob a bank, it blows up and the perpetrator has blue dye all over his face and hands and so does the money. I love the idea. Now, I don't have an update yet on that 40-year-old cold case out of South Florida I told you about a couple episodes back where South Florida law enforcement finally found missing evidence in a brutal rape and murder in Wilton Manors. Remember, they found it in the BSO crime vault and also the Wilton Manors Police Department crime vault. Well, once I get more information from that private investigator that the family hired, I will bring it to you. But for now, that wraps up this episode of Full Rigor. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got some information that was usable. And check me out on Instagram at Full Rigor Podcast. Please give me five stars on any of the platforms that you visit for Full Rigor Podcast. And again, join me next week for another episode of Full Rigor. Thanks for joining me. Until next time.